Wow. Job had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a whole bunch of servants. And in a day's time, literally, he lost his livelihood. Morning, good morning. This is The Impact Man, and welcome to the Rise and Grind crew. You know what time it is. Grab your coffee, grab your device, because we are about to get into this word. Listen, I am so excited about what God is about to share with us this morning. This is just phenomenal. We are still in the book of Job. Come on, grab your coffee, grab your device. Uh, We're going to go right to Job chapter one, and we're going to start at verse number 13. Job chapter one, verse number 13. And this uh, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. The New American Standard Bible. And it reads now on the day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. A messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans attacked and took them out. They slew all the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them and slew the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you while he was still speaking. Yet another also came and said, your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell and the young people died and I alone escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. Wow. Wow. That's that's really what I can say right here. Wow. When I stop and I look at this. All right. We've been talking about Job and, you know, we've been on this for a minute. But look at this. Job had 7000 sheep, 3000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys and a whole bunch of servants. And in a day's time, he had uh, children and a wife. And in a day's time, he lost all of his servants except four. He lost his children. He lost his cattle. Literally, he lost his livelihood because that's how he was making his money. That's how he was prosperous. He had all of these things and that's how he was prosperous. Wow. In one day, you lose everything. In one day, 
you lose everything. And how would you handle it? How do you handle it? This is what we're going to talk about today. A good man worships and does not worry. A good man worships and does not worry. So uh, let, let's look at this. So um, on, on the day that uh, his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house, a messenger came and the oxen were plowing. We, we just read all that. All right. Let, let's just get down to this. This guy was a good man. When the enemy sees someone who is a good man, he's going to do everything within his ability to get you to curse God, to spit in God's face, to laugh at God, to deny God. Here it is. Here it is. To doubt God's ability and God's power. Because he understands when you doubt God, then the relationship begins to sever, right? And so this is all about, again, a relationship with God. And so what the enemy, here it is. All right, let me give it to you this way. The enemy doesn't care so much that you have a relationship with God he is more upset because you don't have a relationship with him. If that makes sense. All right. He, he doesn't want you to have allegiance to someone who is stronger than him, more powerful than him. You know, that's really what's up. What it's about. He's angry. He's mad. He's jealous because you love God more than you love him. And so his whole entire goal and psyche, because we, you have to look at this as one who, you know, he, he's a psychopath. I'm going to break it down as things, hopefully, that we can understand as men in 2020. The enemy is a psychopath. He will do anything to get you to curse God, to hate God, to run from God. That's not what this is about. You got to understand that God has got your best interest in mind, brother. God has got your best interest in mind. So when God begins to flood you with things, the first thing I see here is that Job is showing us as a good man is to remember to separate the things from our God. Never make your things as important or more important than God. They are simply things, okay? It, it, and we see here, now granted, these are things that, that give us our livelihood. These are things that keep us, keep us on our feet. These are things that keep our minds going. But brothers, they are things. And so when our things begin to disappear, I hear the Lord say through this scripture, worship. When things are taken, you got to worship. We can't get so wound up in this stuff that we got that we think that no. See, because I think I. OK, I believe that the normal reaction of a man is that when my things are gone, it is to go and get more things. 
immediately. Immediately, I need to figure out how I can replace this stuff so that I can catch this, remain in the stature that I was in so that when people see me, they don't see me differently, but I've remained in a particular stature. I remained as a particular uh, type of man in my community. But this is the problem. When we allow the things that we have to define us and not our character. Mm -hmm. We have to get to a place where we understand that the things that we have cannot, cannot, should not, and cannot define who we are. So I, I cannot be defined by my Cadillac. I cannot de be defined by my Mercedes Benz. I cannot be defined by my six figure job. I cannot be defined by uh, the ring that my wife wears. I cannot be defined by these external things. I'm about to go somewhere here. I got something that, that, that was real powerful to me. I, I, I cannot be defined by these external things because they are just that. They're things, they're external, they're physical, they're fleeting, they're fading. And if I become defined by them, then what ends up happening is when they do go away, I don't even know who I am. God is calling for a good man to have character and character and integrity in the face of anything that we will go through. He is calling for us to have character. Oh, this is really good to me this morning, right? I've got, uh, I've got a, a, a F-150. And, and I love my F-150. Uh, I'm a Ford man, always will be when it comes to trucks. So I've got this F-150 and it, it's getting older and starting to act like it's older and it's doing stuff that I'm like, you know, um, and we have uh, another car, which is a Toyota. And I've always said, I, you know, I'm not a Toyota person. I don't like Toyotas. I don't like little tiny cars. Uh, you know, I like my F-150 because it's big. But when my F-150 started acting up, the only other choice was either to go get a, a third job um, and go out and get enough money so I can buy a new F-150 or drive the Toyota. Well, I'm driving a Toyota for the most part uh, until I can get the F-150 where I need it to be because I can't allow that F-150 to define who I am. I've got to have greater character than that. Eh, that might not have been the best analogy. Um, but I need you to understand that I can't have this stuff, this ex external stuff. And in the African-American church, um, you are often defined when you come in the building of the of the African-American church, you are often defined as you come into the building based on what you have on. So meaning that I've worked all week to go to the local uh, tailor or men's clothing store and get myself a new suit. Or if not a new suit, a new tie to go with an older suit or a new sport jacket to go with a pair of pants and a new tie, a new shirt, new shoes. Uh, so when I walk through the building, people can look at me and I can look like I'm righteous. I hope you're catching this today. And so what you got to understand is that it cannot be defined by the external because there are a lot of people who are dressed up 
on the outside with a new suit, with a new tie, with new shoes, with creases in their pants, but on the inside, they are rotten and they are stinking and they are falling apart because all week long, they have been mean and cantankerous and evil and they have no integrity and they have no character or the character that they have is flawed. God is more interested in what is going on on the inside of your life than what's going on on the exterior of your life. So on one day, and I've read this before, and I've even said it that, you know, Job lost all everything he had. He lost all his servants. But what I found interesting here is that when it <laughs> when you are attacked by the enemy, what he is going to do is he will allow at least one person to come back and tell you, oh, you got attacked by the enemy. He'll allow somebody to come and mess with your psyche. It may have been different if Job had got up from his bed or from whatever he was doing that particular day and surveyed his land and noticed, oh, everything over here is gone. Oh, everything over here. But see what the enemy wants to do is he wants to bring somebody to tell you the bad news. And, and as I said that, I, I remember there was a, um, if you, if you've ever watched the Wiz, uh, one of the, uh, I can't remember her name, but one of the wicked witches, um, they sang a song, don't nobody bring me no bad news. And I'm sure Job was saying after the second person thinking in his head, don't nobody bring me no more bad news. <laughs> oh my God. What? What else now? The camel? Oh my goodness. What else now? The children? And when he got there, when they came and said the children, Job said, okay, where's my razor? He ripped his clothes. He shaved his head. I want to stop right there. The, the, the hair on a man represents the exterior things and it represent the glory that he had, meaning the, the, the stature that he had. And so he said, look, you know, in the face of all of this, I'm going to shave my head. I'm shaving my beard. I'll have none of this stuff. And what did he say? He got down and he began to worship. Brothers, do not worry about the stuff that is going on in your life worship. I will push it to the day that I die. We must get to a place where we are worshiping no matter what is going on in our lives. You got to lock this in that when think, when storms range, when storms rage, when uh, the song says, when billows roll, uh, when the breakers dash, that's the song we sang in the in the, in the uh, church that I grew up in. But really, when storms are raging in your life, when things begin to happen uh, that begin to crush and crash the 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 what we would consider the essentials of our life, when when our property is screwed up, when our family is gone, I admonish you to worship. Job said, naked, I came into this world. Naked, I will return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We've got to say, blessed is the name of the Lord. Blessed is God in anything that we're going through. Real men worship. A good man will worship God in the face of great opposition.
Depression has come upon you. Don't stay there. I've been there. I've done that. But let me tell you what you can do. Just worship him. If you listen. He, okay. What well, well, pastor? Okay. You say worship him. What do I say? Lord, I love you. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're beautiful. Lord, I thank you. There is nobody like you. I worship you. I love you for who you are. I don't understand what's going on. I've got some questions about what you're doing, how you're allowing, why you're allowing this to happen, how this is happening to me. I'm a good man. I've done the right things, but I still worship you. I still love you. You're beautiful in all of your holiness. See, that's worship. You just find words to adore God and you just talk it. You don't have to be hollering and you don't have to be screaming. You can just be driving down the street in your car. You can be sitting at home watching the football game and worshiping because we all know that we have an unconscious. So while I'm sitting in the room with everybody else watching the football game, my unconscious mind can be worshiping God or the mind that people can't see can be worshiping God and loving God and worshiping him and loving on him all in the midst of everything around me. I'm at the game with the fellas and we having a great time, but nobody knows that all around me, everything is falling apart. Why? Because I'm worshiping God. And what ends up happening is when you are worshiping God in these challenging situations, God show is, is, is shown that see Satan, he won't turn and curse me. He won't doubt me. He loves me. He gets that this is not about the stuff, but it's about us. I need y'all to like write that one down. You can hashtag that. It's not about the stuff, but it's about us. My relationship with God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your presence and we say thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy and for your kindness and for your love toward us, God. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that when we find ourselves in a similar situation that Job is in, God, that we worship, that we find it in ourselves to worship you, that we find it in ourselves to give you glory, that we find it in ourselves to praise you, that we find it in ourselves to, to understand that the things that you've blessed us with are temporal and we are men who desire eternal relationship and eternal attributes. God, help us with our character. Where our character is low, God, help us to bring it to where you need it to be, Father. Where our integrity is off, help us to be men of honor and integrity. We thank you, Father, for the children that you've blessed us with, for the spouses that you have blessed us with. We thank you, God. And we pray that we would be those men who are examples to those who have placed in our lives, either their children or our nephews or our nieces or uh, young men or young women that we might be mentoring because we're close to someone in that family or because we're of uh, our position in the community, Father. Help us to be men of integrity. Help us to keep our name and our character clear, Father. Let us not be defined by those things that we have, but who we are. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would cover these men and all they do this day and pour out your blessings upon their lives. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen.
This is Pastor S. Jeffrey Munson. I thank you so much for being with us today. This has been a fantastic time to talk to you. Man, this right here is changing my life. When I tell you I love walking through this book of Job, um, I've read Job as a young man uh, several times, but I've never walked through the entire book verse by verse. And so this is really, really helping me and shifting my life. I probably should have done it a long time ago, but here we go. We're going through it. So meet me back next time and we're going to keep digging into Job um, and seeing what the Lord is saying here and how we should respond as a good man. This is Pastor S. Jeffrey Munts. Thank you so much for being with us. We out of here. Peace.